Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome in on a Wednesday to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me. And we're talking a, a baseball win, although, I mean, there's really not a whole lot you can take away from midweek games. I've told you before, I'm not going to spend too terribly much time on midweek baseball just because it's lesser opponents and stuff like that. Last night's game was a waste of time, if we're being perfectly honest. I'll explain all that coming up. I did it on the radio show, did it on my other stream. So if you listen to both of those, forgive my repetition. I just, I don't know how much crossover audience each of the different things I do has. So I'm just going to treat you guys like you haven't heard me before. So Ole Miss gets the win over Alcorn last night, but there's significant injury news, both bad and good, uh, for your team moving forward. I'm going to play that Mike Bianco audio. I promised you uh, there's the part in there where he is asked about the Dirty Mike and the Boys thing, and his answer is just absolute gold. So all of that, plus a quick thought going into the SEC tournament. If Ole Miss is able to beat South Carolina on Thursday, uh, Friday's pod will be very, very, very interesting. But I've had multiple people ask me, well, hey, you know, their resume looks similar or is better than this team in front of them. So if they beat South Carolina, they should be in, right? And um, that's, I guess, a pretty common question now. To me, that answer is no. I think you have to win, too. I mean, there's a scenario in which you could just beat South Carolina and maybe find your way in, but it's very unlikely. Um, you you got to win, too. You do. You got to get to Saturday. And they can do it, but that's what they have to do. All that coming up, but first, I do want to remind you, number one, uh, leave a rating and a review on this podcast. Don't forget to check out the stream every morning at 8 a.m. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, at Michael Borky or any social media platform you can find me on there. And the show is brought to you every day by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford. Go by and see Greg. Tell him that we sent you to the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. You've got grilling weather. You've got grilling weather all week long, all weekend long, probably forever now. Knock on wood, I think we're out of this mess. So, uh, if you don't feel like cooking, let them do the cooking for you. Get one of their daily lunch specials Monday through Friday, but they're open seven days a week. If you are going to put something on the grill or cook with meat, you've got to start it at LB's. All right, the baseball team wins last night. They beat Alcorn State uh, a whole lot to a whole little. 11-1, to they run ruled. They finished the game in eight innings. Um Gonzalez had a hit. Tim Elko continues being hot. He had two hits himself. Leatherwood had a couple of hits. John Rice Plumlee had a hit. But games like this, I mean, I don't mean to sound disrespectful. Mallets was good. Um, scattered four hits, struck out six. Um, so that was a, a bright spot for sure. Although it's all corn state, so it's hard to know, you know, how great it is. The stuff looked really good, though. That game was a waste of time. I don't mean to be disrespectful, and it sounds like it. It's just the truth, though. I, I mean, I, I understand why you play these games. I know that they're important. You you have to, one, you have to schedule games in general. You've got some young pitchers, some work. 
um, playing in-state opponents from the FCS football level and other sports also is is good. It, it's a good thing to do. It's the right thing to do. I understand why they do it. But last night's game was a waste of time. It was. I mean, Alcorn State gave Ole Miss 14 free bases. Ten walks, four hit batters. And even when Alcorn could throw a strike, it was stuff that Ole Miss sees better in batting practice. Nobody got any better last night. Ole Miss did not get better last night at all. Um, I, I think they would have been better served to just scrimmage each other. Kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth, but it's it's a waste of time. Nobody got any better. I would love to give Mike Bianco some truth serum and say, hey, coach, did you accomplish anything tonight? And not get a coach speaking answer. Because if I just if I asked him in the press conference after the game or whatever, oh yeah, you know, this guy got some work and this guy like he, he would give an answer, but I would like to know truthfully if it's a waste of time. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but last night was another example. Your opponent could not throw strikes at all. At all. And even when they did, it was 75 mile an hour fastballs and breaking pitches in the 50s. I just I don't know what is accomplished by playing a game like this. I don't think Ole Miss got any better last night. I understand why they play these games. I just know that when I watch that, I think, I mean, these guys, they'd be better served having an inter-squad scrimmage today than, than doing this. This is not getting them ready for SEC play. And even like Elko getting a couple hits, I'm like, well, I mean, is that good? I don't know. I mean, yeah, the pitching he faced was so bad that I don't know. I just you got SEC play here, oh, in like ten days, and you were seeing guys with seventy-five mile an hour fastballs. I just I don't think this accomplishes anything. I know why they do it. I get it. I think last night was a waste of time, but that's just me. And that sounds harsh, and I don't mean it to be, but that's that's just me. It just um, it, it was a hard it was a hard watch for me for sure. It was uh, it was a hard watch. However, uh, you had some news, both good and bad, after the game. Reading from Nick Suss, although Mike Bianco just said this himself, but um, Nick Suss of the Clarion Ledger said Dunn Nikhazy is being held out this weekend with a chest a chest strain, so his pec muscle. And he'll be reevaluated next week. Gunnar Hoagland will pitch Friday. Drew McDaniel is going to slide into the Saturday role. And Derek Diamond will remain on Sunday. So moving Hoagland up a day, Diamond's going to stay on Sunday. Drew McDaniel is going to pitch on Saturday. It's not a season-ending deal. It's not surgery. Doesn't sound like it's molt, like a lot of weeks, like six, eight weeks, nothing like that. It sounds like it's a week-to-week kind of thing for Doug Nikhazy. Bianco mentioned that last week, when Nikhazy pitched, he was kind of favoring that a little bit. I think Bianco mentioned that it was a uh, a weight room injury. Uh, so he was working out and just kind of strained his muscle a little bit. And, you know, he pitched but was not comfortable. And um, they're going to rest him. You would like to think, ideally, that this is a situation where he could have pitched. You know, he's a little tight, a little sore. But if he needed to, he could have pitched. But with all due respect to your opponent this weekend – you got to get him ready for SEC play, so it's better to sit him out this weekend and have him healthy for Auburn. I mean, that would be ideal, right? Um, it's possible that this goes a couple of weeks, but Mike Bianco certainly did not sound overly concerned 
um, with the the health of his starting pitcher. He did not seem like he really thought that it was that big of a deal. Um, granted, you don't like that your starting pitcher on Friday nights is unavailable, but it didn't sound like he was overly concerned or, or worried too much. Also, uh, you're possibly going to get Chatney back in the lineup this week. Um, possibly. I still think, I mean, unless you just want to get him acclimated um, before SEC play, I think ideally you'd probably wait until you go to uh, Louisiana Tech next week if you can help it. Figure out the rest of your lineup and and stuff like that. Get some guys some action. Um, I don't know. Uh, But that's good news. So Chatenay is recovering nicely. You're going to get your your firecracker leadoff guy back in the lineup, especially when it seems like this past weekend, Elko and Graham kind of figured it out a little bit, especially Elko. Uh, getting Chatenay back in the lineup will be huge for that team on top of just his production, but his presence and stuff like that will be massive for this team uh, as they get ready for SEC play. And just I think it's just 10 days, right? Um, it's next weekend. And it is Wednesday, so seven plus three. Yeah, that uh, that equals ten. So not much else to take away from midweek baseball, if we're being honest. Like I said, I think the game was a waste of time. Uh, with all due respect to Alcorn State, I don't mean to be disparaging like this, but they couldn't throw strikes. I mean, they literally could not throw strikes uh, at all. And I don't think much was accomplished. But in steps Louisiana Monroe this weekend, it's a uh, – 6.30, starts all on the SEC Network Plus this weekend. Um, looking forward to that. Just a- another weekend where the weather should be nice. Uh, I think there might be a little bit of rain in the forecast. I don't mean to uh, to bring you down today. No, you're good. Uh, it's just Sunday, a 50% chance on Sunday. But Friday at 75 and mostly cloudy, though. And Saturday at 75 and mostly cloudy. Um, that's just fine. Take me out to the ball game. Give me a beer. I'm sitting in left field, going to go watch some baseball. I mean, that is perfect, perfect weather. Um, so enjoy yourselves out there. I mean, crowd looked pretty good uh, this past weekend. I know it's going to get even better and even better, and um, it's just really nice to see and uh, and hope it sticks for sure. On the basketball front, the SEC tournament begins today with Texas A&M and Vanderbilt. I I said it before, um, so forgive me for being a little bit repetitive, but I think that it's two and in. I think it's really that simple. It's two and in. I think if you don't win two, you're not in, and obviously if you win more than two, you're definitely in. I have seen a lot of people lately um, share Ole Miss's um, metrics and stuff like that and compare them to other teams on the bubble and yet still somehow – Guys like Joe Lenardi have Ole Miss behind these teams on the bubble. And, look, I'm not smart enough to know why that is. I just know that Lenardi is the class of this deal. Uh, He's as clued in as anybody. And if a certain team is ahead of Ole Miss right now, even though Ole Miss has more quadrant one wins, it's because the committee will put that team in ahead of Ole Miss. Uh, That's oversimplifying the situation. Uh, I know that. I know it frustrates people. I think I talked about on last podcast a little bit. I know I did it on the stream and on the radio show that I think that the committee, um, although I have nothing to quantify it other than, you know, just kind of logic, if you will, um, if it's down to Syracuse and Ole Miss, Syracuse is getting the nod because they're a brand. 
if Duke wins a couple of games in the ACC tournament and Ole Miss only wins one and Duke gets to their championship game or whatever, guess who's getting the nod? Michigan State is on the bubble. Louisville's on the bubble. Uh, Those are brands that I I think the the committee will put in over Ole Miss. I, I think they're not dumb. I think they know it's a money thing. I think the NCAA knows it's a money thing. And as as frustrating as this is and as not fair as it is, when you're down to two schools and it's Syracuse and Ole Miss, I, I think I know who they're going to pick. It's wrong. And maybe my feeling's wrong. But that's how I feel. It's a shame, but that's how I feel. I don't think one's enough. Some people do. I don't. I think you have to win two, and they can do it. They have to beat South Carolina and LSU to get in and feel comfortable. There's a shot. Maybe you beat South Carolina. You play LSU close, and other teams lose. I mean, I guess there's still a shot. You can slip in into the play-in games or something like that. But, no, I think the, the goal is really simple. If you win two, I think you feel good. If you get to Sunday, you're in, without a doubt. But if you win two, I think you're in. It's really that simple. So we'll see tomorrow. We will see tomorrow. South Carolina, who's just not been good. They've been decimated by COVID and seemingly disinterested. It's a team that Ole Miss should take care of. And then you got to match up with LSU, who's athletic, who's fast, who is inconsistent. It's a tough ask, but it's not insurmountable. Uh, Not insurmountable at all. I think they can do it. Honestly, I think they can. Um, And I've been the guy that's been ripping that team for weeks. I think they can do it. They have um, proven a lot of people, mostly me, uh, wrong. They have. So I'm excited to see it. It's the only team in the tournament that really has anything to play for. Uh, the, really, every team in front of Ole Miss is in the tournament. And there's nothing that will change here. I think Ole, Ole Miss is the only team that can get in with a couple of wins. Everybody else is you either have to win the championship or you're not getting in. So we'll see. We shall see. I know I'm excited about it. and I, I know I believe deep down, I really truly believe that they can do it. I hope they can, because that'd be a hell of a lot more fun to have a team in the NCAA tournament to talk about, without a doubt. Here is that interview. I'm going to play that next, and this will be the end of the podcast. Uh, here is that interview, um, Mike Bianco with uh, with Richard Cross. Uh, listen for the information. Stay for the Dirty Mike and the Boys question. Um uh, he gave a great answer. He really did. It's it's radio gold. So uh, here that is right now. Here's Mike Bianco with uh, with Richard. Good luck tomorrow, and hopefully Friday we're talking about a team with a win in their end situation after defeating South Carolina tomorrow night. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Don't forget to subscribe to everything everywhere and follow everything everywhere. And I'll talk to you guys again on Friday. Uh, Coach, always appreciate some of your time. Did you feel really? Did you feel pretty good about last week? Just kind of in total. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously from a result 
you know standpoint, it's hard to do much better than that. But uh, you know, I think we, uh, you know, after the weekend and you know, watch some of the games on film and you know, kind of got a game plan of you know where do we go from here. I think two things uh, that stick out, you know, on Monday's practice was. Uh, one, you know, we, we got, we got to be better with the, you know, the three, two count, the 50, 50 balls, the balls that you, know, you swing at out of the zone. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, we may have mentioned this last week and I apologize if I did, uh, but, you know, we swung, you know, too many balls out of strike zone and didn't put enough pressure on some really good pitchers from central Florida. And so the mission was, you know, just more competitive at bats, not just hits. I mean, everybody loves the hits. Everybody loves the home runs, but, you know, those at bats where you foul off. Off a few more, maybe you get a walk, and those sometimes change an inning. And so, when you look this week, so much better at that. And of course, we saw it in the walks on Tuesday, Wednesday, but even into the weekend. And the other part was to defend the running game better. You know, to not give up the stolen base. And normally, we're great at that, especially with Dunhurst on the uh, behind the plate. But you know, one of the big factors is, you know, will we be more competitive on the mound? Will we get quicker to the plate? Will we uh, show a better pickoff move? And you know, we worked on that this week. And, and, you know, it was obvious in the game. So, you know, check those two boxes. And so I think overall, you know, we got better this week. You, you did mention that last week, but I'm glad you followed up on it because the numbers, I mean, when you talk about Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, 34 bases on balls and four hit batters, you got 38 free passes over the course of three games. That That's insane. It really is, and, and and certainly, you know, uh, I'd be remiss to not mention that. You know, I'm sure some of those pitchers had tough nights, and you know, uh, sure. you know, just uh, just didn't throw it into the strike zone. But part of it is letting that three-two pitch go, and 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 nobody's hard to quantify. You know, but you know, you know, does the the next batter get a better pitch to hit? Does the does the pitcher you know a little more uncomfortable because he's out of the stretch and with working with runners on? And so. Uh, that that was you know certainly the case, and just you know proud that we made those adjustments. How do you think you're different when Peyton Chatagnier comes back? Say it again. How do we what? How, how do you think you will be different, whether it's offensively or defensively or leadership wise, when when Chatagnier is is back at full strength and kind of in the lineup for you every day? I think in all those areas. I think offensively, you know, you take out your top hitter that's hitting 450. And, you know, to, to think now, again, I will temper everybody's emotions to think when he gets back in the lineup that he's just going <laughs> to, you know, start hitting, you know, uh, 500 again, you know, I think is unfair to, to him. Uh, but one, yeah, you bring back, you know, one of your better hitters. You bring back an emotional leader, you know, a guy that, you know, plays with so much emotion, positive emotion. And then the other thing is you got to remember, uh, is I think defensively, and I don't just mean errors or, or assists or putouts, but just his voice, his his you know positive influence on the field. Because you got to remember, you still got Jacob Gonzalez that's a freshman, and then we replaced Chatnier, you know, with a, a freshman that wasn't starting. Now he's done terrific, yeah. You know, but most of those you know innings were made you know with uh, T.J. McCants playing a second base and another freshman, and so you know I thought you know losing him, you know. Was not just an offensive statistical, you know, loss, but you know, a leadership, a positive energy loss, you know, just as much or more. A couple of guys I want to ask you about specifically, but before I do that, two off the wall questions. Uh, number one: Are you a coffee drinker? A uh, big coffee drinker. How do you drink your coffee? Like, how do you take your coffee? Black. Okay. 
Fair enough. We, we've asked that of all three coaches. Two of the three of you are black coffee only. Chris Lamona says a little bit of cream, but but that's just it. So anyway, that was an offshoot from a question. Number two, off the wall. You have become an internet meme, and I don't know if this is because there's like softer, gentler Mike Bianco, or at least that's the perception. H- have you seen this picture of you that floats around on the internet where you've got the glowing red eyes? That like lots of people post after a win. Yeah, Have you seen is, that? It, is it red eyes or what? You know, like light, like white eyes. I, I've seen something and the dirty mic thing. I don't really know. I, I uh, when it happened, I think original. I say originally, maybe not originally, but but I remember uh, Plumley, who you know obviously is a big internet, you know, social media guy, mentioned it to me. I said, "Is that is that a bad thing?" He goes, "No, coach, it's a good thing." And yeah, yeah so, but I, I don't really know what it means to be honest with you. But um, you know, I, I will tell you that I went to Obie's and the guy, you know, I, I left my name for a curbside pickup, and the guy said, "Hey, thanks, Dirty Mike. It'll be." Uh, I'll be ready in 15 minutes, and and I didn't really know how to take that. I, I think that's a compliment, and I think you've got your Halloween costume ready for next year. Also, I think you yeah, next well, year on Halloween, you, you do the blue jersey and you just put the hello name tag on it that says Dirty Mike. Yeah, and I'm you know what I really need to do is you know uh, now we got one midweek game. I might need to get my daughter to to isn't it about a movie or something? I, I need to get my 17 year old daughter Catherine. Uh, you know, the kind of get you, me like go ahead. Yeah, I don't think you I don't think you want to do that. I think you want to just stick with this being a good internet meme. I, I think the story gets less fun once you've seen the movie and the scene from the movie. Really? All right, then yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll take your advice and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think I'd just go with compliment on the Internet and everybody's having fun with it. Um, okay, let's not bore your listeners. Go ahead and get to the real questions. Oh, I think they loved that. But I think uh, okay. a guy that was having fun at the ballpark this weekend was Tim Elko. Um, sample size small when you when you start slow, and there's the opportunity to have a big jump. But to jump from 120 to 310 over the course of five games is, is – that's next level stuff, and it's not just that he got hits. It was big hits that had a huge outcome over the course of the week. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I agree one hundred percent. I mean, but you know, even back to you know the walk off hit, you know, again last Saturday, you know, against Central Florida, um, you know, he's 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 our leader. You know, not just because he's got a C on the jersey, he's a guy that's going to you know bat in the middle lineup, and we all talked about. You know, um, you know, maybe he hasn't done it here statistically as much. People don't know when you look, but uh, he's really done it for you know two plus years. You know, in just about every um, real, you know, when I say real, I'm talking about with umpires and inter-squad games, ball baseball. Uh, when you talk about uh, doing it, you know, with uh, you know, in summer ball, he's been sensational. What about Justin Bench? Kind of doing it from from different places. I mean, he's played a really good center field. If you watch him kind of from a distance, you're able to to see the jumps that he gets on balls. He makes the transition to second base and doesn't miss a beat. And it just kind of seems like when you add in offensively, really is turned into just a complete player. Is that is that what you see when you look at him? Yeah, and and um, and another guy that maybe because we've seen him so much more than the fans or the media. I mean, it's not a surprise to us, you know. He's a 
you know, he's a kid in, you know, his third year on, you know, our field. Uh, and, you know, we've seen so much and we know the athleticism and, and what's, what's amazing is, you know, we've seen it in practice. You put him in center field. Uh, he just makes sensational plays, gets great jumps like a guy that's played it his whole life and he really hasn't. He's been an infielder his whole life. You know, uh, you push him to, to shortstop and, and really he wasn't, you know, uh, you know, he's more of a second baseman in high school. He played some shortstop, but more of a second baseman. He can play anywhere, you know, and I, we've even asked because when you turn in a roster, you have to have an emergency catcher. Could you do that? And he said, I could. And that, you know, his dad was a good high school catcher, really good that I grew up, you know, playing with down at Pinellas County. So I'm sure he could probably do that as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting stuff. What what do you want to see from your team beyond results this week as you go through Alcorn State and then ULM this weekend? I think just to play a, a, a complete nine innings, nine innings. We, you know, we we we've played well, we've won games, but we've had lapses throughout the game. If it's you know, even you know, like when you look at Sunday, where we you know, we've hit some home runs, put some innings together, and that's great. But we had lapses through the throughout the game where you know, I, I think we gave it that away. And the same on the mound, where we had some great relief appearances on Sunday by Miller, who was outstanding. And, you know, of course, Broadway and Myers, but we also had lapses where we put guys in that you know let them back into the game. And so, can we play a complete nine innings? You know, four games in a row. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.